Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There. You wanted to know my net worth? You got it. Holy are shit! You? Are you a king? No, I'm just not an idiot. What the hell have you been doing with your money? Louis, we're not exactly poor. That's what Bolivia says to the U.S., but if NATO goes to war, they're not kicking in dick. Well, if you're so damn rich, why didn't you pony up for Donna's salary when you had the chance? Do you even know how to spell fiscal responsibility? I know how to spell cheap. All right, yeah, that's enough. At least now we know we have enough to fund ourselves for a while. Do you guys have two rich uncles? Because I'm not carrying your asses if this thing drags out. Lewis, this is a team effort, and I swear to God, if you don't come through on this. I hate to interrupt your breakfast club moment, but you need to sober up. Donna, what is it? According to Benjamin, the partners didn't just leave. They're coming after every client we have. Suit Season 6, Episode 1 is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about Two Trouble, then Suits Yourself. I'm Rob Sestrino, back here with the guy who's ready to talk about Theo Huxtable, it's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? <laughs> Rob, you had to know that my eyes lit up when I saw Malcolm Jamal Warner, of all people. If this is yes. how we're starting off season six, Rob, this is going to be very exciting for me because, yes, Theo Huxtable is here. And we are back again to talk about a new season of Suits. A new season, and it was a little bit of a uh, hiatus for us here on the Suits podcast because uh, we went all through season five, and then we got done recording season five, and then took a trip to the West Coast, met with a lot of people who are listening along on the Suits podcast, and that was actually very exciting. I feel like that I heard from a ton of people that are listening to the Suits podcast. Yes, uh, we podcast about a lot of stuff between the two of us. We probably cover about a good 15 shows. And uh, yeah. for people to come up to me and of all, all the things to say, uh, they say, oh, I love Suits. I love the Suits podcast. I'm like, it could have been Netflix. It could have been Survivor, Big Brother, blah, blah, blah. But they picked Suits of all things to talk to me about. And I loved it. I don't know. If you're listening to this, you know how I reacted. I probably yeah. freaked out, took a picture with them. I'm going to have to post these pictures on Facebook eventually. And uh, I'm not going to tag anybody because I'm really bad with names. But I will definitely post the pictures and let the associates go in and tag themselves because we are now meeting with our junior and senior partners. This is a great time. 
Yes. So that's really exciting. So thank you so much uh, if you said something. And even on social media, we love to hear from everybody who's coming along with us on this journey. It's a special group uh, that we've found so far. So really excited to be here with you. We're back to recording pretty close to uh, the release date. We're probably about a day ahead of where you're listening uh, right now. So that the uh, season five finale is going to post later on tonight as we record the season six premiere. So keep your feedback coming at suitspodcast.com slash feedback. Uh, we'll also go over everything from season five later on in this podcast. But Chappelle, let's jump in. And this was an episode where, you know, it was a new beginnings for Mike Ross in jail. Yes. New beginnings of Mike Ross in jail, but also a little bit of the old of Mike Ross being a dumbass. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and also back at uh, PSL, some healing going on after the big blows that they took at the end of season five. Yeah, there were a lot of things that had gone like uh, kind of understood, but not really discussed. And we're going to see a lot of that throughout this episode, uh, starting mostly with Lewis. Uh, Lewis, who who is on 10, maybe 12 throughout this episode, like he is he is off, you know, off the scale, just angry he's frustrated he's confused he doesn't know how to process his emotion because as we discussed before he's literally a child and so lewis is yelling at anybody who will listen that this is harvey's fault and finally you know finally harvey does admit yes this is literally all my fault mike ross came into my office and i should have been an adult and told him to get out grab your weed take it and go but i didn't and so you know it felt like, okay, Lewis, we get it. This is Harvey's fault, but what are we going to do about it? But I do think that the healing really starts when Harvey looks around and says, I should have been the bigger person here. I should have told Mike Ross, no, I shouldn't have hired him behind Jessica's back. I shouldn't have lied to Lewis for so long. I shouldn't have put y'all all in this uh, situation. If our lives are ruined, it's because of me. And so I think from there, they're able to, you know, come together and start to move forward about what they're going to do next here at PSL. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Harvey has never really come forward and said, like, you know what? I really like I, I was patient zero. Like I was the person who, you know, uh, got us all in trouble with this in the alternate universe where I didn't bring Mike Ross in. We really don't have any problems in our lives. And that that was my call. My bad, everybody. Yeah, I mean. It needed to happen. I was getting annoyed. I'm not going to lie to you. I was getting annoyed at Lewis because I'm like, Lewis, yes, we know it's Harvey's fault. We do need to move forward. But I think Harvey doesn't do a good job. Uh, I won't say not taking accountability, but he doesn't do a good job apologizing. That's not his strong suit. He's more like, a OK, we have an issue. How do we fix it? When he really should be like, Lewis, you were doing just fine here. You might not have been senior partner or name partner, but you were doing just fine here. And when I brought Mike Ross in, it did throw a lot of things off that used to be a certain way, a way that we all could get behind here. Pierce Inspector Lip before it was Pierce Inspector Lip. Right. So now we've broken the Harvard rule. We've hired a fraud. We've all committed fraud. We've all lied. I mean, Lewis is forging documents. Donna's forging documents. Katrina, you know, people are just breaking laws left and right. Mike Ross goes to jail. That is horrible for Rachel. I mean, she doesn't meet Mike Ross without Harvey, but you get it. The dominoes start with Harvey. And so it it does feel like now that they've said it out loud, we can quit talking about it because I don't want to keep having to see them have this same fight. It happened. Let's move on. Yeah. All right. So Harvey goes back by Rachel's house and they're having a drink and they keep having the same toast in the episode to trouble. 
to trouble. Like, uh, is that the toast that you would be doing after all of this? Like, uh, uh, just, you know, to, to raising hell. Yeah. Mike Ross yeah. is in prison. Yeah, look, they're lamenting at this point. You know, it's like they could either sit there and just bawl their eyes out and just cry about it and wait a month until they can get on the visitation list Mm -hmm. or, you know, the phone call list or whatever the case may be. Or they can toast to the good times. Yeah, Mike Ross was trouble, but it was a hell of a ride getting here. Rachel found the love of her life. Harvey found potentially a best friend. Um, So, you know, it was it was a horrible thing that happened. But there was some good in it. And I think they're just trying to commemorate that when they could just be, you know, cry- crying and sulking and, and acting like Lewis, you know. And so this is a good alternative to that. I'd much rather see them doing this than, uh, you know, the alternative. Yeah. All right. Well, we get that everybody has left and everybody's been taken down to the people that shine the shoes in the lobby. There's not a single person that works at the building. They're trying to figure out what's going on. So Harvey ultimately gets called in to talk about it. Him and Lewis are still fighting. And Jessica says that the solution is we need to smoke the peace pipe. And, you know, Suits has such an interesting relationship with the weed. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, and some of like, uh, like uh, as documented here on this podcast, Mike and Harvey have had breakthroughs on the weed. Jessica is the one to push the weed on Harvey and ultimately Lewis in this episode. And uh, it is interesting as a device to set up the healing of this quote unquote family. Yeah. uh, Jessica suggests that they get some coffee, some C-O-U-G-H-E-E, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, she brews her own. That was probably the most shocking part about this at all, you know, of all to me. Am I shocked that these people do a legal activity? No, not this group of people. But am I shocked that Jessica got her own stash? A little bit. I was a little impressed. I said, okay, Jessica, I've always been a big fan, but now... Okay, I, I see where you come from. I, I think the Suits Wiki Chappelle uh, claims that Jessica grows her own the weed. Well, uh, she does say she brews her own, and so I think that does insinuate that she has her own. Uh, I brew my own coffee. It doesn't mean that I have like the beans growing the beans? in my backyard. Okay, but I, I mean, grow light, uh, making <laughs> coffee beans in a closet. Okay, but if it was a direct metaphor, then it would be like, I brew my own coffee means that I smoke my own weed. <laughs> you know, it's like, or yeah. I roll my own weed. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, we, was, we, we assumed that much, Jessica. But yeah, they couldn't get to the, to, the, to the weed guy that Harvey has because he was gone. It was the middle of the night. And so Jessica just happens to have a whole stash. Now, does she actually have a, a grow lights or some type of setup? She's very rich. We find that out in this episode. So... Maybe. Um, I don't think. I mean, maybe later on in the series we will see that she actually grows. You know, maybe we get to see where um where the That's magic her big happens. Secret. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh as She's of got right a whole now greenhouse in her apartment. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be shocked. But you know, as of right now, we're led to believe that Jessica has the solution at home and she's gonna run and go get some so that they can all smoke this peace pipe and um come together and really start to heal and come up with a plan to save Pierce Inspector Lit. Okay, so this is another, you know, these are like its own category of episodes, uh, episodes where the Suits characters get high. Well, I started to think, so one one thing about me is that I told you I've seen Suits. 
I do not remember much after, like, I remember the early stages a lot more because I think I used to watch the episodes, you know, they would come on like randomly in syndication or whatever the case may be. But I remember those episodes a lot more. Things start to get blurry for me after Mike Ross uh, goes to jail. And so I've been seeing a lot of the feedback where people say, okay, after season four, it starts to go downhill a little bit. After season five, it goes downhill again a little bit. Some of the feedback we've been seeing in uh, the Facebook group is like, okay, well, where do we go from here? And I'm starting to think, that maybe giving in to the temptation of these people smoking weed is about to be kind of the direction we're going. You know, kind of it gets kind of goofy at this point um, because these are, like you said, it's a very interesting relationship they have with the weed. And prior to this, it's always been scoffed at, you know, like, oh my God, like not the weed, you know, or like Mike Ross is a drug dealer because he's selling the weed. But now they're like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if we all just did the weed? So it feels a little out of character. I mean, they've hinted at it before, but it did feel a little out of character for them to bring it up. I think this might be the wacky stages of Suits. I I could see if it's going off the rails a little bit and if it starts here. Yeah. For me, the wackiest moment of the episode comes when they're trying to get Lewis to Mm -hmm. smoke uh, the weed and they have a joint and Harvey is implying that he is going to take the joint and throw it into Norma's ashes. And uh, Lewis does not want this sacrilege to happen. And Harvey's going to light the joint. And Lewis goes, runs over to go blow it out and gets all of Norma's ashes in his face. Yeah, they had to peer pressure Lewis into doing This was a weed. war crime, Chappelle. It definitely is uh, bioterrorism at the very least, right? So Harvey's saying, okay, I'm going to hold this weed over Norma's ashes. I'm going to potentially smoke, and then the ashes are going to get in Norma's ashes. Like, we know that Lewis loves Norma. We do. And so to use that to threaten Har- uh, Lewis into doing the drugs, um, yeah, it does feel like Harvey is a criminal. But we already knew that, right? Because um, Lewis does not want to do the Mary Jane. He's not huffing and puffing, and he's not going to do the dirty. Unless you force him to inhale the uh, the remains of a decrepit old woman. And so once he uh, smokes a little Norma, he decides, I might as well get high and smoke the weed. I thought this was incredibly wacky and that it might be the start of things to come. Now, I'm not sure about that, but Suits has never done anything crazier than this, right? Mm-hmm. I, not that I can think of. Right. That we so, saw on screen. I think they've referenced things like in stories that might be crazier than this, but this was, I feel like, that the craziest thing we've seen on screen. Easily, easily. Another reference we get in this uh, episode that is quite crazy, and you'll have to help me understand this one. Lewis was prematurely mudding, right? Yeah, it was confusing because we were, Harvey was very confused. Uh, I don't know if it was like intentionally written to like uh, be like a puzzle that could not be solved. But Lewis is talking about how that he had an inappropriate relationship at one point. And I don't know, did he, I guess this is my interpretation. Lewis took a woman to go mudding with mm-hmm. him and he was so excited that while in the mud that he reached uh, a climactic conclusion uh that in while in the mud with a woman well he called it premature mudification and yes. but i'm not i'm not sure what what that means because you could have you you didn't have to say mudification. You know, is it mudification because he was in mud when it happened? Yeah. So I'm just wondering. So he's sitting in the mud with a woman 
And then he's so excited that ultimately uh, that things he he reaches his climax. Well, he said it, he could in the mud while while sitting in the mud beneath the the surface of the 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 top beneath the surface of the mud. Uh huh. And then he fell asleep. The, and then he fell asleep. And the, the, I think the, is is that a correct interpretation of the events? I'd have to I'd have to think so. I mean, he said I couldn't hold my mud. And Harvey said, yeah. "Did you did you take a shit, shit in the mud? Like when you say it's hold like, your mud, no, no. You know, like I just I've I've never experienced this. You know, Rob, we were just in the lane. We did not go mudding. And after this conversation, I'm not quite sure I want to anymore. Um, you don't know what's happened in the mud before. I have you. not. I'm not clear on that. Like it was already mud, so just by design, it's dirty. But I didn't know it was gonna. It could be filthy as well. You know, yeah. like, that's just that's kind of gross. Um." And I, I, do the do you clean mud after? Is it just disposed How? How of? How do you clean mud? It, yeah. It, yeah, by cleaning mud, is it just dirt at that point? Is it? it does do it ever get clean? Into it, I don't know. Right. Don't know this goes. this was gross, but ultimately, yeah. Another really really wacky thing that suits them. It's not as wacky as the idea that Lewis is uh, snorting Norma's ashes and smoking the weed, <laughs> but. It is. It's. It's almost on brand with Lewis. So we've seen Lewis get really excited and uh, aroused. I'd even say at the idea of uh, smaller things like, "Oh, well, Donna, will you come work for me?" She's like, "Oh yeah, I reorganized your calendar and stuff like that." Like that stuff mm-hmm. gets him going. We've seen yeah. him basically collapse at certain points due to people's like organization skills or helping him out in different situations and even agreeing to go mudding with him. So the idea that Lewis has gotten inside the mud with poor Miss Missy Dietler of all people, and then um, who was a paralegal. So this was already inappropriate. Uh, and then he managed to prematurely mud and then fall asleep after. I, I yeah. have to say that, yeah, it does feel like it was sexual. This might be a kink. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, let's get back to no, the no, PSL. no. Let's not move yeah. on, Rob. I have more what questions. What else do you want to talk about? And Jessica knew the story. Did you catch yeah. that? She said, "Oh yeah, and you fell asleep uh, after for fifteen minutes or fifteen minutes later or something." And he's like, "Oh, you knew." So Jessica knew that Lewis had gone mudding with them paralegal, and then. Something happened in the mud and he yeah. fell asleep. And then that paralegal came and told the name partner or yeah. at least got back to the name partner. Now, Harvey didn't know anything about this, so it couldn't have been in the rumor yeah. mill that long. But this is and this is Lewis is what only only his first sexual harassment ac- accusation, you know, like, bruh. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sorry. Like, I feel like that this was like a, a way back. I don't think this happened recently. Yeah, it had to be prior to the Daniel Hardman stuff because I'm just saying yeah. now I think Lewis is all, got, has a pattern going. Like, I don't know if you can you, listen, listen, listen. I just feel like there are certain situations where you got to be able to hold it together or it's automatically harassment. And I think that if you go take somebody's mudding and you prematurely mud. Well, OK, now I got more questions. Pre, Rob, when he says p- prematurely mud. Does that mean the eventual goal was to climax as well? And he just did it really quickly? I don't think so. I mean, I think he went on a date with a woman. He went mudding. And I don't think he's ever been in the mud with a potential partner. And I think it was too much for him. 
Did they share the same mud or was it more like a I you mud so. there, I mud I, here? I got I got the sense that they were in the same mud. They were see, sharing a mud. See, that wasn't my image of this because every time we've seen Lewis mudding, he's always kind of had a personal mud. Um, I have yeah. never seen it the it other way be, around. It could well be that uh, that it, that he was in his own mud. Yeah, but regardless, still gross. Still, still sexual harassment. Lewis, Lewis might need to join Mike Ross in prison. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm assuming that this was like that. These were consenting adults on a date. But I don't think you consent to premature mud on a date. Like let's let's take the mud out of it, and you're just on a regular yeah. date, and y'all are at the movies. If the person next to you prematurely muds in that moment, I think you have to call the police. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just, I think it's time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let, let's just, let's please, let's Do we have to, to move? Hold on. No, Paul. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. You go ahead, Rob. It's fine. I, I'll save my question for that. If you get anonymous feedback though about the mud, it's probably me. Okay. Well, we're trying to figure out what to do next. And Rachel is like very much like trying to get everybody back on the same page, cut it out. Like, how could you guys be fighting? Mike went to jail for you idiots. Uh, there is a class action lawsuit going on against all of the cases that Mike Ross has represented of what? A hundred million dollars. A hundred million dollars. One hundred million Dollars. They said, okay, anything that Mike Ross touches, anything the light touches, Simba, you know, whatever. They want it all. And it makes total sense. This is why we were saying from jump, Mike Ross, you cannot just go in here and say, I'm guilty because that makes everybody guilty. And he's like, but don't come after Jessica. Don't come after Harvey. Sir, all of the things that you have done for these people, all the people that you quote unquote have helped, all the companies you have saved, all of those things do not matter because you legally could not make those deals. All those deals are false. And if I'm anybody who's been within 100 feet of Mike Ross, I'm trying to get on on this uh, lawsuit as well. I don't care if they blackmailed me. You know, you know how like they're always like, oh, yeah, we found this one bit of information on you. And if we don't if you don't do what we ask you to do, then we're going to make you do this or we're going to do this. I would be throwing them under the bus left and right. Like, yeah, one time they told me they were going to they were going to out my relationship that uh, my inappropriate relationship that I was having with somebody like I need I need damages. Damn it. You know. I, I think that this is appropriate. I think that they should be trying to take PSL for everything that they're worth. Uh, now, it sucks for PSL, <laughs> yeah. but that's what you ask for when you let a fraud do the majority of your huge cases. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. We don't need to relitigate all of that. No. Uh, but they're coming for everybody. The senior partners, they've all gone different places and they got out of their non-competes. And so what they're trying to do now is take the buy-in money from the senior partners and then use that money to settle the class action lawsuits that are against uh, PSL. Well, they're trying to outlawyer each other. So the, the senior partners and all the, uh, like they've realized, okay, we're we're going down, but we also know that this lawsuit is coming. I think at some point, Lewis Lit even says, who tipped him off? Lewis, any bozo could see that y'all are about to get sued. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, they're, they're, no one had to tip them off that y'all are about to get sued. So if I'm going to see a partner, like, if I leave now 
I can get in on this and get I can get my money. I need to get my buy in uh, money so that I can go elsewhere, have a real life. We know they spent a lot of money to buy into this. Wasn't it a million dollars up front or something like that? That Harvey I think it was half a million each, half a million, yeah, five hundred k. You're right, and so they've put five hundred k into this. Let's let's get out of here. Uh, and so they have to stop them. So they're like, okay, look, if we move very quickly then we can make sure we spend that money so there's no money for them to get. They can't be like, oh, I want my buy-in money back and there's no buy-in money. So you were seeing your partner when all this stuff went down, you're going down with us. Um, Chris Inspector Lip might be the villains of this story because I think everybody trying to jump ship, Rob, from, from my point of view, they were all innocent, maybe except for the uh, Jack Soloff, but everybody else was kind of, they didn't, they didn't have anything to do with this Mike Ross situation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now they're going to uh, potentially be like, uh, I guess they left their buy in. I guess they, they don't get that back. I mean, it's tough to walk away from like uh, you put your 500K down. Yeah. And you put your 500K down in good faith that you were joining a company that you support and that you that wasn't having hiring frauds. Right. And so I don't blame them for wanting to get their money back. PSL is like, oh, no, nah, y'all going down with the ship, baby. Um, mm-hmm. And so that sounds like that's going to be a major plot point moving forward is that you're going to have a bunch of high powered lawyers trying to get their money back and trying to get out of this situation. And I don't think they're going down without a fight, you know, uh, but PSL. They're the bad guys. They they did some crimes and now they need everybody else to go down with them or to at least leave them alone so they can try to salvage whatever relationship that they have with whatever clients that they might have or that with whoever wants to work with them. So ultimately, Jessica's like a crime boss and yeah. the, the minions of all leaving. Right. Except for like the, the upper echelon of the crime family and the minions are leaving and they're like, no. So since you want to be disloyal, we'll take you down, too. And they're like, but we didn't have anything to do with this at all. It's like, yeah, but also this is a crime family. What did you think was going to happen? We do crime. <laughs> and so I'm starting yeah. to think we should be rooting against the very people that we're probably rooting for at this point. Yeah. I, it's like, why did we even make Daniel Hardman leave? Right. If we were just going to keep doing stuff like this, why we could have just kept Danny, Danny H go get him. Matter of fact, go get him. He needs to salvage a relationship too. Maybe he can help. This is why Jessica was his protege. And she, it's so funny because when Katrina was doing dirt, she says, Lewis, Katrina learned this stuff under your tutelage. The reason why she's out here using dictaphones and recording people and reporting back to Robert Zane and being shady is because of you. And to that, I say, well, Jessica, why is Lewis acting the way he's acting? Who trained mm-hmm. him up? Daniel Harbin. Okay, well, who else did Daniel Harbin train up? You. You trained up Harvey. And we see Harvey's hi- hiring frauds. Sometimes the call is coming from inside the house, Jessica. You might want to take a look into that mirror because um, <laughs> the sa- that same mirror of self, uh, you know, self-awareness that you tell Lewis that he doesn't really like to look into, I think you might want to take a, a, a gander at it because all these people are your minions and that's why they're acting like this. Yeah. All right, so we're going to kick in our own money from Jessica, from Harvey, and from Lewis. And there is a funny moment that happens where, okay, well, all right, we're going to ask Lewis how much he's worth. And Jessica writes down her number. Harvey writes down his number. And somehow Lewis Lit is worth far more than either Harvey or Jessica. Call him Lewis Rich, like the turkey bacon. You know, he's been (laughs) saving up. You know why he's richer than them? Because he's frugal. The man yeah. is saving his money. He's probably investing his money. He's not riding around 
and uh, in these huge, like amazing ass cars. He's not investing in the marijuana business like Jessica. He doesn't have yeah. an Audemars and all this other stuff that Harvey has. Uh, he's not flying out the, the Celtics games and, and, and Clippers games and all this other stuff. Like he is at home or he's at mud. You know, like he doesn't yeah. at the gun range. These things are the stuff that, you know, a person of like maybe like average wealth, slightly above average wealth could probably enjoy on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, the ballet is very expensive. But again, these are just more like occurrences as opposed to habits that we know that Harvey uh, has for sure. And so, yeah, he has more money. I mean, even if you just look at the idea that Lewis would not pay for Donna's salary. That's right. why he's rich, Harvey. You've been giving Donna at least a million a year, probably. I mean, we, we've we talked about this. Donna's out here getting paid, paid. She rich and shouldn't be because mm-hmm. she's a legal secretary. No disrespect to legal secretaries out there, but you should not be making Donna Paulson money unless you're doing Donna Paulson work. And then you'd also have to do the work that Donna Paulson was hired to do because we know she don't do that. So yeah. for Lewis to have more money than them, it actually makes a lot of sense to me. All right, so... We're going to get our team back together and we're trying to now with this like little ragtag group of PSL trying to go against all these traitorous managing partners that all decided to leave. And we only have one other person to help us. It's Benjamin stayed. Ben, you know, I like Benjamin. I do. I like the yeah. cut of this, jib, this man's jib. But let me tell you something. What? I don't understand his motivation. Benjamin was running a high powered tech, uh, like, you know, system or whatever here uh, at Pierce Inspector Lit. They manage clients at millions of dollars, and the IT stuff is supposed to be spot on because of Benjamin. We know he's very good at his job. Why is Benjamin not applying to go somewhere else? I think nobody else knows him. I don't think, I think everybody else like got like recruited and everything. Um, and, he, I guess, was not like in the loop that like his money was going to be affected. He's like, why would I leave? Like, I got to run the IT department. Well, that's the thing. It was an IT department, but it's only Benjamin left. Everybody yeah. else is gone. Benjamin, let me look at your resume. Send it to me. We could get you a job somewhere else. There has to be someone else hey, who Mike could hire Ross this gentleman. Mike Ross brought him an Egg McMuffin, okay? Mike Ross is in jail. He's no, yeah. He does not work for Pierce Inspector Lee. You can go. I, I, don't undersp- I don't understand his loyalty to the situation. I don't know if yeah. it's just uh, kind of like, I kind of just like y'all, and so I want to hang out. But I think if Benjamin is going to be a recurring cast member in a real way, not like his one or two appearance, appearances a season, but if he's going to have a, a more um, like a more specific role in this uh, rebuild of Pierce Inspector Lee, yeah. then I want to really know more about Benjamin. Why is he here? Why right. didn't he jump ship? So can I tell you why he's here? All right. So this episode premieres July 13th, 2016. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think that we're in a peak Mr. Robot era on USA. And I think that there was a note of like, hey, we need a hacker on this show. Mm. We need more computer stuff going on. It's USA. We're here. We're here to talk about it. We got hackers going on here on USA Network. Suits, you got to get with the times. Get the, get this. Uh, give a big role to our one computer hacker on the show besides Lola Jensen. No, that's that's probably a good uh, shout too because in this episode he says we got hacked and I'm like what? Why are we talking about cyber crimes all of a sudden? What are you talking about? It's like oh mm-hmm. they got hacked in a way, but it wasn't like some yeah. outside source was like trying to like decipher information or break through their firewall yeah. and stuff like that. And it was- can I tell you even more like on the nose that the uh, 
Mr. Robot season two premiere, I think it's also on the same night as uh, this uh, Suits season six premiere, July 13th, 2016. He kind of gives you uh, Rami Malik uh, vibes, right? Like, it's, yeah. I think he's so, what he's going for. Um, yeah, okay. I think they wanted some synergy sense. there on the USA Network. Okay, that makes sense because I just, for the life of me, USA, I like Benjamin. Hackers, welcome. <laughs> I like him. I do. But I just didn't understand why he would stay. You know, uh, we also see that another member of the team of the Suicide Squad, Gre- Gretchen, will also be available after she comes back from the orthodontics. And she now we know. Yeah, yeah, now we know that she she was like, look, I'm getting older. This I, I'm like Harvey. I like to live up here, not down here, you know. And so Gretchen's in as well. So between this new group, you know, we got the core four. So uh, Louis, Jessica, Harvey, and Donna. Then you got Rachel, who's all in as well. She says she'll follow Donna. I mean um, Jessica off a cliff. Uh, and then you have Benjamin and Gretchen. Kind of is like a. Uh, the the like the front lines i I don't know uh, more the back end you know i I think that this is a a solid squad to try to take your company back with i just wasn't expecting benjamin to be a part of it okay he's here he's a part of it uh even though mike ross his uh favorite is in jail let's talk about mike in jail uh we see him that showing up basically pick up almost right where we left off he's gonna get his jail haircut good Good. Good. Mm-hmm. People have uh, look, people are very critical of the prison system. I I famously pr- pretty anti the way that whole thing works. This is the best thing that yeah. jail has ever done for anybody is cutting that man's hair. I think it Cutting was a, a good start. Yeah. And, and I think they knew that his hair was unpopular because they made a whole meal out of it. Like, sir, you're getting your hair cut uh, because this is jail and you cannot walk around looking like that. I, we refuse. Yeah. But the jail haircut to me, uh, I don't know. Like, I it's like. I know the army haircut. All right, we're going to do everybody the same haircut, you know, uh, in the army. But I felt like that this was kind of just like an in-between length. I also felt like that they didn't like give him like a smock or anything. They're going to give him like his shirt back covered with hair. They just didn't want to look at him looking like that. It's uncomfortable. If I'm a guard, I need to work in a place where I feel like I can look at all the inmates and say, okay, you know, you are a criminal, but I think you're trying. But if Mike Ross walks around with that pompous haircut that he had, it, 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 it's just it, the haircut insists upon itself, Rob. So it might not be a requirement to cut your hair in normal situations, but there is no way any any guard of, uh, you know, worth their salt is going to let this man walk around looking like that. I'm sorry. I stand by the prison system on this one. Yeah. OK, so Mike ends up meeting with Malcolm Jamal Warner, who is uh, would you say his what, what is his job? He's not the warden. No, that we know. He's doing psyche valves, so maybe a psychiatrist. Oh, I he, love that part. Yeah, it's like uh, maybe he's doing because he says he's here to help him get re- rehabilitated. And I'll tell you this: there's not one warden in the country in the United States that has ever tried to help somebody get rehabilitated. It's just not a thing. If anything, they want to keep you there as long as they can because that's how people make their money. That's 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 why the system works for the system. Um, and so uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner coming in and being like. I'm doing an eval on you so that you can one day, so we can find out basically what's wrong with you so that we can help you out. I think that that means that he's not really a part of the actual system. He's like contracted in. And so uh, I don't know if he's going to take this same amount of, you know, interest into every uh, inmate, but we, we, we have to believe that since they brought in Theo Huxtable, he's going to be a big part moving forward in season six. Okay. So, 
What did you think about uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner's assessment of Mike Ross? Well, he called him a narcissist, which, I mean, you know, fair. He also called him impatient. Facts, facts as well you know i think he's spot on did you know malcolm this was Jamal, a read a, a read i mean like listen anybody who's seen one episode of suits could have told you that uh and this yeah. man did it in three seconds so i think that malcolm jamal warner is the perfect person for this job uh now did you know that malcolm jamal warner auditioned for suits four times no yeah what I, roles did he audition for uh he he i don't know the uh, specific roles but i know he he auditioned for the pilot even before he was cast as uh, Mr. Julius here, uh, the prison counselor in season six. And so I don't know what they were connection. He loves suits. I think he needed a job. <laughs> I think Theo Huxtable needed a job. He watched the first season was like, I can Did do he audition this for Jeff Malone. Oh my God. Do you think I would hate Jeff Malone as much if it was Theo Huxtable? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like I wonder, cause I do No, Cause I could have like that. Robert Zane. No, it can't be. He can't be Rachel's dad, right? He's not that much older than Meghan Markle, right? Right? I think, I mean, I think he's up there. I mean, he was playing like a, you know, a teenager in the 80s. Yeah, so I guess so, yeah. So, oh, here, here's here's the information we're looking for. So uh, he was asked in an Entertainment Weekly uh, article, what roles did he audition for in the show? And he says, there was a role in the pilot. I don't remember the character's name, but I think it was one that Pooch Hall was doing in the first season. So Jimmy. Um, okay, yeah. Then the role he really wanted, Jeff yeah, Malone. He can't be an associate. He's- yeah, but he went for Jeff Malone's job. You're right. Um, yeah. And they ended, cast- ended up casting D.B. Woodside because he says he was just trying to play opposite Gina Torres. Um, and then he was uh, up for the role of someone else who we haven't got to just yet. And so this was okay. his fourth audition. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Wendell Pierce is only six years older than Malcolm Jamal Warner. Like, I think they could pull it off. Yeah, that's true. And so he says Aaron Korsh liked what he did in the audition, but he decided they just decided to go in a different direction. Um, he was a fan of the show when he when he auditioned several times after, but he did initially try to get in on the on the on the cast when it dropped. So I think it was more like he took a mild interest in it and then became a big mm-hmm. fan and then eventually got his break. Okay. All right. So Mike Ross is going to get to his cell and he meets his cellmate, uh, presumed cellmate, uh, Frank Gallo. Now, this was also interesting. When we were together in <laughs> California, <laughs> uh, a, so a, a friend of yours, uh, David, that I got to meet for the first time said that somebody, I, I'll say who it is, right? Yeah, there, say No it. issue, right? We're all family so, here. So uh, that, of course, we know Zach and Corey Wurtenberger, and we know their mom, Stephanie, but we had never met uh, their dad before, and he Mm -hmm. was there. And then David had the uh, shout out that, hey, that Zach and Corey's dad looks like, uh, uh, and now that he was described as a villain on Suits. And I said, well, let me see. And they showed the picture of this man. I'm like, I've never seen this person before. Mm-hmm. They said, are you sure? Because I, I think that's what you're up to. And I said, no, never seen this person before. Lo and behold, <laughs> here we go. First episode back. 
Here's Frank Gallo. Now, David described him as a villain from Suits. So my eyebrows were raised the entire time I saw him. But he is a dead ringer for Zach and Corey Wardenberger's dad. <laughs> okay, look, me and, me and several of the associates uh, that listen to this podcast, we also had this conversation. I mean, we were really breaking it down. But I told them, I said, like, I cannot unsee it. David broke me because throughout the entire night, the entire night, actually, it was both days. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was just like, he looks exactly like him. It's a dead ringer. I'd never seen this actor before, Paul Schulz. Um, I don't know what else he's from. I'm sure I've seen him in something else, but I, it had never stuck out to me before until that moment. And now his image is seared into my brain because I can picture him standing up there next to Stephanie Wurdenberger and the Wurdenberger family during our costume mm-hmm. contest. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's Corey's dad. And I, you can't tell me anything different. He's done 24 episodes of the TV show 24 and his <laughs> character's name. Ryan Chappelle. Hey, hey, that's cool. I didn't know that. First of all, you never told me there was a Chappelle in 24. I, I, I did not really remember the character particularly well, but I know there's a lot of crossover between 24 and Suits. I wonder if like some of the casting people are the same. Rob, this man has been in all your shows. He was in The West Wing. He was in The Sopranos. He was in 24. Yes. I mean, Rob, the, the Terminator? Rob, I'm pretty sure this man is just following you around at this point. We should is just he? do the Ryan Scholl's, uh like uh, cinematic universe and where we just cover all see. of his shows. Let me see uh, who he is on The Sopranos. If he is, uh, he, uh, he was on two episodes of Oz. You like Oz. I've seen some of Oz. I wouldn't say that uh, I was an Oz lifer. Yeah, he's in. He was in Frasier oh, as well. Yeah, that, okay. He is who I thought he was. Yeah, it's Father Phil from The Sopranos. I think that's probably his uh, best known work. No, his best known work is Ryan Chappelle per Wikipedia. Don't take yes. away from the Chappelle name. Yeah, I think he also had a notable episode of Mad Men. Uh, I think he was the hobo that uh, when uh, Don Draper learned the hobo code. Oh, yeah. Well, that I do remember that, actually. I didn't know that this man was the hobo, but it makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's been in a ton of things. Uh, very, very busy actor. OK, uh, Paul Schulz. Yeah, Paul Schulz. OK, yeah. Well, Corey Wardenberg is dad. You can't and you can't yes. tell me different. <laughs> there you go. All right. So he's here and then he ends up getting he tells Mike Ross like, hey, first rule of the jail. Don't trust anybody. Second, tell me everything about yourself. And Mike Ross says, OK, let's mm-hmm. do it. All right. So, yeah, he initially tells Mike Ross the thing that everybody has been telling Mike Ross. This is prison. This is not TV. You're not here to make friends. You're not here to like talk to Rachel. You're here to serve your sentence. Now, this man has a phone in the jail uh, as well. Mike, do not trust this man. He tells you, do not trust me. And then he gives you a bunch of reasons why you should trust him, even though he told you, do not trust me. Mike Ross, thinking that he is Mike Ross and he can do whatever he wants. He does trust this man. And he ends up giving up some critical information. He tells him all about how he, all about his life of crime. He literally starts with, let me tell you about my granny. And throughout that conversation, he talks about everything. I'm sure he talks about Harvey. He talks about Rachel. He he gives Rachel's number to the guy so that he could text Rachel from the from the jail phone. Mike, I've called you dumb in the past, but this is by far one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. You've been in jail for 12 hours and you think you made friends. Mm hmm. 
in jail, in prison. Stop it. Yeah. Rob, he just, we just did this bit a couple episodes ago. Do you not remember when the federal agent was in the, uh, in the prison cell? Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. We just, <laughs> My- we just did it. We just did this you thing. You know what? Maybe Harvey should have given Mike like a list of like, hey, here's all of my enemies who are currently at this jail. Memorize this list, Mike. I mean, to be fair, that's what Clifford's Dan- Clifford Danner's mom was trying to get Harvey to do. She said, prepare this man. And Harvey's like, I got to make sure you can fight. No, fool. Yeah. Prepare him. Make sure he knows what he's getting himself into. Because now Frank Gallo, who has an axe to grind for put, uh, from Harvey putting him away for uh, 13 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. He now has critical information about Harvey. He has Rachel's cell phone number. She thinks that that's Mike Ross texting her. So God knows what Frank, Ro- Frank Gallo is about to ask her for or send her. Um, and... It's all because Mike was not prepared to go to jail. Like you could have stopped this bit by saying, Mike Ross, let's spend the next 12 hours before I turn you in or before you turn yourself in really going through the things that you need to know about this prison in particular. Cause we know exactly which prison you're going to as well. Harvey could have gone through his list of things. Mike Ross could have went over the documents and like the photographic memory probably would have come in handy here. no, 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 no. Instead, he went in emotional and blind, and now look at him. Well, he's got he's got his clown nose he's in on. Trouble. Yeah, and now we get to spend the next few episodes wondering, oh my God, how does Mike feel about Rachel, and what is Rachel thinking about Mike? And oh my God, it's so schmoopy. We could have avoided all of this had he just done what Clifford Danner's uh, mom asked him to do. So this is Harvey's yeah. fault too. <laughs> All right, so then Mike ultimately texts Rachel like, hey, just got a cell phone, got to text you, uh, getting along good with my roommate, good. And then she's like texting him back. Like at what point uh, does like to send one, te- like uh, the back and forth, like, okay, tell, uh, t- you know, hey, Rachel, this uh, I, I this isn't Mike anymore. Or does now Frank Gallo continue on like, hey, like uh, I've got the phone, like, s- like send me an intimate photo. Oh, the intimate photos are coming. They, they are premature modification coming soon. You know, um, I just think that there's no way I this Rachel, man is- I get something of you quick. I need uh, send send nudes, send nudes, urgent, urgent. Or, or else like I'm, I'm dying out here, you know, uh, and Rachel is a dummy because she's been calling the jail like I need information about Mike Ross. He's been gone for three hours, girl. They got to get him booked. They just they just finished cutting his hair. They don't care that you are concerned about him. This is prison. Are you dumb? Yes. Yes, she is. And so she will fall for whatever whatever shenanigans Frank Gallo has in store for her unless he slips up and says something or ask a question that she that he, you know that he obviously would already know the answer to. Right. So we know Mike Ross has a photographic memory. And uh, if it you know, if it starts to look fishy, I think Rachel says something to Harvey. Harvey cross references, you know, oh, who do I know in that prison? And they'll find out that it's Frank. But I do think that he can get away away with it if he's very, very vague, uh, you know, for a little bit. But the moment he starts to get specific, that's when he'll screw up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Chappelle, we got to give out the first Liddy Award of season six. Who gets mm -hmm. it? The Liddiest Liddy for me goes to Jessica here because she got yeah, lit. Okay. It was her idea. She did. She did. Okay. Yeah. So this is very interesting now because once upon a time, mm -hmm. Harvey was the unquestioned leader of the Liddy Award. And I have to thank our junior partner, Patty, for Queen. putting this all together. I have the complete list of Liddy's now in front of me. And the person who dominated the Liddy Award in season eight was Jessica. She got eight Liddy Awards in season five. Now, most, many of them came from that everybody <laughs> is bad. Jessica is the least bad. Who sucks the least, as they say on Buddy Games? And she racked up eight Liddy Awards, a unfathomable amount uh, that that's half the season. The next closest was Harvey had six in season four. Harvey only got one Liddy Award in season one. And so Harvey and Jessica entered season six of Suits tied for the all-time lead with Liddy Awards. And so for the very first time, Jessica has now passed Harvey in the all-time leader in Liddy Awards. Would you care to make a wager, Robert, about who will come out of this season with the most? I don't know about all-time, or at least, yeah, let's do it. Let's all-time. Who do you think is going to come out on top between the two of them, uh, Harvey and Jessica, in this season, just based off of what you've seen? Hmm. I, I feel like my brain says... Harvey, but maybe my heart says Jessica because I feel like that a lot of times Jessica ends up being right. And so Harvey and Mike screw up and Jessica is the one that usually has to fix it. There's not too many times where it works out that Jessica is wrong. Right. I think that, but I, I, I'm using the same logic. I, I probably would say that maybe I feel like Harvey could take this one because Jessica is the worst off right now. Right. So she is the one. Yeah. This is her company. So anything Pearson Spectre lit related, it always goes back to Pearson for me. And so with with them taking these L's, these next few episodes are going to be very tough for her specifically, whereas Harvey is going to be fighting Mike Ross's battles in jail, it seems. And so I really think that Harvey has the opportunity to take the lead here, but it's going to be a tough battle. I think that if if he if he starts cooking Frank Gallo up in prison, then yeah, I think we're going to probably start leaning toward Harvey in a lot of these ways. But if you start to look at the business side of this, right, the Pearson Spectre lid of mm -hmm. it all, Jessica's got to keep Lewis and Harvey on the same page, has to keep their her her ragtag group of misfits together, and then she also has to fight, you know, all the other partners and associates in the law firms that are about to come her way. But she's about to go through the gauntlet. So I'm kind of with yeah. you on that. I think my heart wants Jessica to do well, but it just looks like she's about to get, she's about to get like uh really attacked in a way that Harvey was getting attacked last season. So uh yeah. I think that it's one of the two of them will come out on top, obviously, uh, in this season. Uh, but I, I'm leaning toward Harvey 
probably just a little bit more. Okay, congratulations to Jessica with 19 Liddy Awards. Harvey is uh, in second place with 18 all time, but it was a bad season for Harvey. Mike actually racked up three Liddy Awards in season five, all in the first half of season five. Lewis ends up getting two. Both his come in the back half of season five. And then Donna and Rachel just won a piece for them. Rachel and Mike have a, the opportunity to do something amazing here. They have both. They're basically starting off with a clean slate. Like, yeah, Mike Ross has has he has taken all the L's right that he could take. He is no longer a fraud. So in these uh, moments, as long as he's not doing something extremely stupid in prison, he should be fine to kind of rack up those. At least it wasn't me. You know, I'm not the worst of the worst episode. Yeah, he did do some pro bono work in jail. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Rachel as well. Rachel, all you have to do is be a good support system for these other people and you can do this. But you cannot do stupid stuff like give your phone number away in yeah. prison, Mike Ross. You cannot send Frank Gallo nudes, Rachel. Like, <laughs> don't do it. it as, as tempting as this might be for y'all, y'all have to learn that y'all are separate right now in prison. So um, mm -hmm. I think that they can they can close the gap here, but it's going to yeah. take a lot of work. Okay. All right. And then uh, some other things that Patty is uh, tracking all through season five. Uh, there were 125 go goddamns, 100 bullshits, 67 folders slammed in season five, uh, 89 references that Mike Ross didn't go to Harvard or might get his secret out. Uh, a lot of that in the back half. Uh, only three hookups for... Um, for, um, uh, Mike and Harvey <laughs> season. Yeah. Um, although, although I think we're, we're doing some, uh, recapturing some old ones. Uh, you know, Mike and Rachel hookups are being, uh, logged, uh, only 32 pop culture references in season five. We got two in this episode, at least, right? We got Shawshank and we got, uh, the jerk and I've never seen maybe, the jerk. Yep. Maybe more than that. Yeah. I haven't seen the jerk either, but, um, I, I, I would like, I would like to check it out one day. Let me see mm -hmm. in terms of the other uh, references in this episode. Um, the Breakfast Club came up a lot. Oh, yeah. The Breakfast and, Club and came gone up with the wind and yeah. gone with the wind. Because quite frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Uh, yeah. yeah. She saw she uh, Jessica called Harvey an idiot because all he does is speak in movie quotes. And I'm like, she's listening to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Let me just give you two other things to keep track of. Okay. Overall, okay. there have been 339 dams or god dams in the series and 365 bullshits. Do you want to wager uh, by the end of the series? Do we have more goddams, dams, or uh, bullshit? D dam and goddamn is one category. You know, I don't know anymore because I'm telling you, Rob, in my memory, this was just a goddamn show where they just said goddamn a lot. But now the bullshit counter is off the meter. Like, why didn't it register for me that there were so many bullshits? I'm, I'm going to have to go with bullshit. I don't know if it's the dark horse candidate, but mm -hmm. I went into this really thinking that goddamn was going to run away with it. It's just not the case. Yeah. Okay. And then one other thing to track, uh, there have been 278 documents or folders slammed so far and 263 pop culture references. Do you think we end the series? Uh, by the, I'm going to say more, more goddamns. I think that's my, my pick. 
uh, that do you think that there will be more uh, folder slammed or pop culture references in the history of the series? I think these slams are going to happen left and right now that we yeah. are fighting for our lives at PSL. I think they're going to be walking yeah, into people's offices slamming stuff. References, right. right. I think they're running low on references. They're going to have to start doing a lot more recent pop culture references. Uh, you know, so I think like the 2016 references are coming in. They've knocked out all the the old standbys. Um Hopefully they lean into it a little bit more, but we are yet to see that. So give it to the folders. And two can opener awards happened in season five, giving us four since we started collecting the can opener awards, Uh, hitting home and faith episode seven and episode 10 for season five. Okay. All right. Chappelle, let's take some questions. All right. We got a few different questions here about uh, season six. Uh, Angela wants to know how much of the next four seasons uh, do you think that Mike will be in prison? Uh, Oh, my God. It didn't even occur to me. Do you think he's going to be in in prison after this season? I can't imagine. I I, I mean, this could be the Mike Ross prison season. Like, I I liked your idea of a time jump, uh, just like yada yada through the prison. But maybe the prison is going to change Mike now. Well, no, I don't see. I thought the time jump made sense, but now I know that he's in there with Frank Gallo, who is a menace. I'm thinking that Harvey's about to go and fight tooth and nail to get him out of prison now. You know, I think at first Mm. it was kind of like, okay, Mike Ross is in there. He did his time. I mean, he's doing his time. He did the crime for sure. We got to leave him in there. There's nothing we can do. But I think if Harvey realizes that there's an internal threat, he's going to start to try to pull strings to make it to where Mike Ross is not in there with Frank Gallo, or we got to get Frank Gallo, you know, shanked, um, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm I'm not seeing a world where Mike Ross even finishes yeah. the sentence anymore. Like it kind of it felt like the Frank Gallo thing was the escape hatch that we needed to get him out of jail. Yeah. David wants to know uh, which of the two of you will be going to prison first and for what for? I don't know about that, David. Um, but can I tell you that sometimes like I do think that like if I went to like the uh, Eric Roberts prison, like mm-hmm. I, I feel like um that wouldn't be the worst thing ever. Like, I kind of feel like I, I don't really like to go anywhere. You know, I like having a schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. M- Martha Stewart went to that prison. You know, if well, Martha, I, I if Martha could do house it. House arrest, Martha Stewart. I thought she went to prison first and then they put her on house arrest. Yeah. Yeah. Like basically if I could go, if I could go to a prison where I wasn't going to be getting like, uh, shanked beaten up and yeah. And then like, don't not really having a choice into who I got to see romantically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, I, wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't care for that. No, not great. I, I would, I would be awful in prison cause I have ADHD. And so I would just be in there just spinning off the walls. I'd probably, yeah. you know, I'd be a cracked individual. So I'm trying not to go as hard as I can. Um, sometimes things come up. but I'm trying, I'm trying my best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately like, uh, like I think there are parts of it that would be appealing, but you know, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. I'd read a lot of books. That would be something like I would miss TV, but dear God, I would read a lot of books. I think they have like a TV, but I think you just don't get a lot of say in what you get to put on. Exactly. So I read, I would read a lot of books. I'm just saying I got a list. Richard Hatch used to tell me. Oh yeah. You do know someone who went to, did he go to white collar prison too? Right. It was tax sure. evasion prison. Yeah. We should have him on as a guest. Mm-hmm. To talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then 
David also wants to know, are you surprised Mike actually went to prison, especially considering how many more seasons? Uh, what is the plot going to be moving forward? I, I do think that, like, especially when uh, we have Malcolm Jamal Warner raising the issues about, like, Mike is a narcissist. Mike is like, I think that we're going to get in pr the prison storyline, I would imagine, is going to be Mike is learning about himself in prison and Mike is working on fixing the holes in his game uh, while he's in prison. Right. So then when he comes out of prison, he will be a stronger, better, faster Mike Ross. But I don't know what that means for him as far as, you know, law goes or what his career will be. Maybe he'll go into something mm -hmm. that actually helps people. That narcissist part is very, very loud, Rob. You know, like, Mike, yeah. you could actually go help people and not have the spotlight. And that's something he struggled with before going to jail. And so I'd imagine that afterwards that would be something that he could yeah. really sit in. I feel like that we're on a path here for Mike to ultimately become a lawyer, not one that went to Harvard, but somebody who is a public defender and like is like changed by his experience going to the jail. Can we get uh, Michael Jamal Warner and Gina Torres in like a can 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 Jessica get her a little something like a, a little a little uh, a, a friend, you know? Okay. I mean, it's better. Look, I'm trying to get Jeff Malone out of here. And so I got to replace her with some <laughs> like gone. another vibe. Yeah, you know, is anybody ever really gone on suits? I need no. I need a replacement for Jeff Malone. Uh, let's let's bring in what's his name? Julius. Uh, let's bring in Malcolm Jamal Warner. OK. And then Carrie wants to know that whether or not you're happy to have Mike in prison. Can we all agree that the haircut scene was a positive? The best scene of the show thus far. <laughs> Absolutely. Very good. Okay. Uh, Chappelle, anything else that you want to say about the season six premiere? No, I, I thought it was a little wacky. I, I did. I, I thought the idea that Benjamin is there, just like, oh, yeah, I'm here to keep the, the company afloat. Um, Gretchen is at an orthodontist, but she's still on board. You know, the, let's all smoke some weed and get, get the family back together. It felt a little goofy. But mm -hmm. Rob, you might know this about me, but I really like Goofy. So uh, if this is about to go off the rails, I'm happy to be here with you to talk about it. And I'm hoping that season six will give us a lot more good podcasting content. And sometimes it just comes into, you know, a wacky package. And I think this yeah. episode was the first of probably many. Yeah. So uh, Davis comma will uh, had uh, written to us uh, at the end of season five, said very late to the party on this one, but uh, I can't hear Jack Soloff's name without thinking of the classic prank name, uh, Jack Mihoff. I don't understand. What's the joke? <laughs> it's a prank. Um, yeah, like a Simpsons, like, uh, hey, is there a uh, Jack Soloff there? I don't, I'm not getting it. Mm -hmm. What are you trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with Jack Mihoff? What is that? Jack Mihoff? Yeah. Uh, let's see. It sounds like a nice name. <laughs> Jack Mihoff. Mm -hmm. Is it Jack Mihoff or Jack Mihoff? <laughs> Jack Mihoff. Let's go back to the mud. Okay. Let's go back to the mudding. Oh, okay, cool. So is it premature yeah. mudding if you are finished in the mud or is it like, were you always intending on being <laughs> in the mud? All right. Chappelle. Huh? Uh, where can people keep up with everything you're doing? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Jack Mihoff, uh, you know, uh, or add me, uh, you know, in the Facebook group. I'm, I'm always in there partying. Uh, Brandon Chappelle on Facebook in the little, you know, suits, suits podcast. But I don't know why people don't realize I have a first name. I don't know if people thought Chappelle was my first name or not, but I'm Chappelle. But uh, if you if you're in suitspodcast.com slash Facebook, you'll see me in the group posting, saying hi to all the associates and all that good stuff. Mm hmm.
Yeah. Um, all right. I'm at Rob Sestrino. Thank you so much for joining us here for season six premiere of Suits. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.